About 10 years ago, I was invited by a colleague to go to an open AA meeting where he would be receiving his one-year chip, and that means that he, he was one year sober. And I had been working really closely with him. Broderick Greer had actually been working really closely with him, too. God rest his soul. We loved him. And, and the fact that he was one year sober was nothing short of a miracle. If you don't believe in miracles, I really do think you should go to an open AA meeting because you'll see them every, every single time. And it was really wonderful. It was moving. The group was moving. They'd been with him for 12 months through all the ups and downs. It, it was a kind of meeting and group that just, just you could just, it, it, they had the wisdom that only comes from experience. You could feel it. And they, and they were just so supportive of him. And they were funny about him because he had a great sense of humor. And, um, and they told stories about him. And I left this meeting feeling humbled. And I felt humbled for a negative reason and a positive reason, in a sense. The negative reason is it's, it's humbling, wise, but humbling to, to, to know and feel the pain that people go through, the trauma that some of us, some of you experience. That's humbling. But it's perhaps even more humbling to know and feel and see when, when people heal and even flourish in such amazing, miraculous ways after what they've been through. Years later, I let, read in the, in the big book of AA, which is their, their Bible, if you'll forgive me for that, and it says that humility is the foundation of all the 12 steps of AA. And humility is the golden thread, and here's why I'm thinking about it, that connects all of the readings in today's service. It's the golden thread that connects all of them. The children of God are humble, and Jesus, of course, is, is gentle and humble in heart. Children in the Bible are actually or romanticized at all. They're, they're not in the Bible. They are humble because they are curious, they are humble because they are dependent, they are humble because they're joyful, like Jesus says in his little story, they're often on a mar in a marketplace, calling out, crying out, playing the flute and dancing. Children are also humble, most importantly, because they're short. <laughs> they're short. And therefore, and this is, this is real, so the, the, the root of the word humble is, is humus, the ground, the earth. So children are more naturally humble, more instinctively humble than adults because they're closer to the ground. They're, they're, they're grounded. The miracle, though, one of them, is that tall people can be humble. Some of us. You know, which is to say that adults really can be humbled, too, with God's help. I had a New Testament professor in seminary who was wonderful. And she, um, and her, her name is Dr. Good, which I always thought was kind of funny. But Dr. Good was just great. She taught New Testament, and she loved this word, humility, in the Bible. She wrote an entire book about it. And she would often in class say, 
that we don't, in our culture, we really don't understand humility. We, we, we've, we've watered it down to such a degree in a way that's just not helpful. She would point out, for example, um, that a lot of that kink comes from the King James version of the Bible, which is beautiful and poetic, but translates the word humble as lowly. She didn't like that. It also translates the word as meek, blessed are the meek. She really didn't like that. But I'm going to tell you what she really disliked the most. I was in seminary in the late 1990s, and she read the New York Times crossword puzzle every day. And in 1997, the clue for the word meek was one word, and the one word clue was undemanding. She hated that. And what she would always say is that in the Bible and in the earliest centuries of Christian tradition, humility is actually a strength. Humility is actually a spiritual power that changes realities and people and hearts and minds. And she would give this example of the first monastics, which are sometimes called the desert fathers and mothers because they left the cities and went to the desert in Egypt where they would say their prayers away from the wealth, away from the power, away from all of that. And the desert fathers and mothers, she would tell us, prized humility above every other virtue. They believed that humility was stronger than prayer. They believed that humility was stronger than fasting. They believed that humility was stronger than any miracle or show of power or feat, even more so than suffering in imitation of Christ. They prized humility, and they told these great stories that humility is as essential to the spiritual life as breathing is to the body. And they told stories about humility, get this one, can drive away the devil, that demons are terrified of humility more than anything else, and that humility can even heal the sick. Humility, she would say and preach, is the very opposite of meekness or lowliness or mildness or being undemanding. Humility is, in fact, a great spiritual power that brings life to the dead and softens hard hearts. There are, there are so many great adjectives for Jesus in the Gospels. So many great and accurate ways you could describe him. Jesus is, of course, um, compassionate. Jesus is healing. Jesus is peaceful. Jesus is mysterious. Jesus is a great storyteller. But one of those essential adjectives for Jesus is Jesus is humble. Jesus is humble. Jesus is humble because Jesus prays continually to the Father, which is to say he prays continually to the source of all people and all things. And Jesus is humble because Jesus is grounded like a child and like you and I are sometimes by the grace of God. Jesus is grounded in the same sufferings that we experience, grounded in the same dreams for a better future that we have, drowned, drowned, grounded, drowned almost in his baptism, um, but grounded in the same kinds of stories that we tell, 
grounded in the same kind of joys, the same type of humor, the same loves and losses, and ultimately grounded in a death like ours and a resurrection like ours too. So the end of this gospel reading is is something to be taken to heart. I know Episcopalians don't always memorize the Bible. I would suggest you memorize the end of this gospel reading. It's a passage to to return to again and again and again throughout the course of life, especially when you need reminding of who and whose you are. Come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls.